there. Hi, how are you guys doing? Blessed of the Lord, thank you. Blessed in our challenges. Overcoming them all. <laughs> well, that's the thing about you. You really watch your words and I I really want to do that better, but you are my model, so thank you again for doing it. Praise the Lord forever. You're welcome. Hi there, Dinger. Or not. Welcome to our quiet listeners. I invited several people. Great. Thank you. So maybe they will say hello and maybe they won't, but we are glad to welcome them. No, we've had people that have called in for months and months and even a year or two before they ever said they were here. So, it's okay. No obligations. Hmm. What more are you doing? The little thing that they tie these in that you put under the tent yeah. is like, it's like a piece of fish in my sticking out. Oh, no. Don't click on it. Oh, don't click it and they fall apart. I get new ones. Well, yeah, but you've got to see between now and then. That's true. <laughs> boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pick at that. Pick, 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 pick. <laughs> who else wants to say hello? I thank everyone who is here on time. You're a great blessing. And I know that God will honor you. Here's where I wrote that number. What number? I don't remember who I was talking to. Okay. Anybody want to say hello before we get started tonight? Now is your chance. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Judy. Hope you're feeling better. Doing much better. Thank you for the prayers. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to say hello? Okay. I am going to go ahead then. And not keep you who are here on time waiting. And I am going to, for anybody who's new on the line, 
I, I am going to mute your phone so you'll have a pause of some silence. And that what that means is that you will not disturb any of this line if you have background noise going on. So, um, hallelujah. Hang on. Okay, and then after the call is finished, then I will uh, invite you to unmute your phone and let you know how to do that in case you don't. Good evening and welcome. This We are Freedom's Way Ministries. This is Phil Burdett here, and I'm here with my wife, Vicki. We're teaching tonight on open doors for other curses. This is chapter 14 in Vicki's new book, and this is exciting. So this is great stuff. I'm going to pray us in, and we're going to get started. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God, you are good. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your continuous presence in our lives. We trust and love you, Lord. We lift you on high this evening, and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way in this meeting. Get the message across to those that need to hear it. Let them come, Lord, to hear the word of the Lord that has life-changing power. So we thank you for that word, Lord, and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. And we bind any interference from any demonic forces that would cause any kind of confusion or misunderstanding or keep somebody from receiving from God what God would have them receive. So we thank you, Lord, for all your goodness and the what you're going to do. And ask you to seal your word in our heart tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is chapter 14 of the new book, which will be coming out hopefully before the end of the summer. Um, I don't really know how long it's going to end up being yet, but I'm, I'm thinking not more than a few more weeks. And then it'll be a matter of putting it together and getting published. So chapter 14 of Where the River Flows. Other open doors for curses. Perhaps we should finish out the list of biblical reasons the devil uses to gain a legal right to bring a curse into our lives and family lines. The more we recognize what opened the doors, the easier it will be to keep those doors closed. It's important to again emphasize that it is essential to do something righteous as well as to not do something unrighteous. The righteous thing is to bring judgment on the evil spirits that cause curses and manifest sin in our lives. We are called to repent for the sin, bring judgment on the evil spirits behind the sin, break the curse, and give it to Jesus. In that way, we bring justice to ourselves and on our family line. 
equally important to victory is not to do the unrighteous thing. Certainly, it is possible for a person to discern a spirit without having knowledge of the action or behavior that gave it the right to manifest. So we can cast out demons just because we have discerning of spirits and can recognize them. At the same time, it does little good to remove an evil spirit if we continue to open the door to that thing by what we're doing or by what was done somewhere back up our family line. That's the primary reason we need to know what actions and attitudes God considers a cause for curses to come. These actions and attitudes are often called open doors. The first focus will be on some specific actions and attitudes as they relate to taking a life or not protecting a life and thereby indirectly causing death. These are named in the Bible as the cause of curses. Remember, even if you have not personally entertained evil spirits and allowed them to express themselves in any of this, you may have had ancestors who did participate with murderous spirits. Exodus 21.12 says, He that smites a man so that he die shall surely be put to death. Exodus 21.13 and 14 says, But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, you shall take him from my altar that he may die. And finally, Deuteronomy 27, 24 to 25 says, Cursed is be he that smites his neighbor secretly, and all the people say, Amen. Cursed be he that takes reward to slay an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. In these verses, we see murder, premeditated murder, murder for hire or assassination, and murder behind the back. The word smite can mean literal murder, but it can also mean striking or harming. When you add secretly, it could be backbiting or a covert mission. If you take money or favors for murdering someone, it brings a curse. This extends even to bribes received for telling lies that bring harm on others. As we have read, The power of life and death are in the tongue. That tells us that murder can be literal physical murder, as in taking someone's life, and it can also be murder with the tongue and murder in the mind. Consider if at some time or another you participated in character assassination of a neighbor or coworker or family member or anyone else for the sake of being accepted, or maybe just not being rejected. Isn't that murder for hire? We get the favor of those who are gossiping when we join in, right? Any of these actions or attitudes can bring about a curse. We've all known someone, or at least heard of someone, who has an acid tongue. You've heard the expression, spouting venom. Words can kill as surely as a poison. Something that many may not realize, though, is that because a person speaks curses over another, those curses may not stick to the person at whom they were directed. They might fall on someone else instead. 
and they will adversely affect the one speaking them as well. I know a family in which the father continually spoke curses and spouted profanities over his oldest son, telling the boy he was bad seed and he'd end up in prison one day. This father would say things like, you'd better learn how to work hard, boy, because you're going to be on a chain gang one day. As things turned out, the father's words came to pass, but all the curses he spoke toward the older son fell on his younger son, who was the one favored by the father. At 14, the younger son was arrested for stealing a bicycle, got hooked on drugs, and spent the next 42 years of his life in and out of prison, mostly in. He became a career felon and died a drug addict. That brings us to cursing. Cursing opens the door and gives Satan a legal right to bring a curse on the one who is cursing. Those who blaspheme the name of the Lord are cursed. Leviticus 24, 15 through 16. And you shall speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Whosoever curses his God shall bear his sin. And he that blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall surely be put to death. And all the congregation shall certainly certainly stone him, as well as the stranger, as he that is born in the land, when he blasphemes the name of the Lord, shall be put to death. Those who curse their rulers are cursed. This next verse is King David speaking to his son Solomon in 1 Kings 2 and 8. And behold, thou hast with you Shammai, the son of Gerah, a Benjamite of Bahurim, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me in Jordan, and I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with the sword. Now, therefore, hold him not guiltless, for you are a wise man and know what you ought to do to him. But his hoary head bring you down to the grave with blood. Those who love cursing are cursed. And God has plenty to say about perverse lips. Psalm 109, verse 17 to 20. As he loved cursing, so let it come unto him. As he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, like as with his garment, so let it come into his bowels like water and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the garment which covers him and for a girdle with which he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of my adversaries from the Lord and of them that speak evil against my soul. Let's go to some more things God says are open doors for curses and how these things might apply in our own lives. Exodus 21 and 29 says, but if the ox were inclined to push with his horn in time past, when it has been testified to by his owner, and he has not kept him in, but that he has killed a man or woman, the ox shall be stoned, and the owner shall be put to death. Yeah. Thank God we don't have to use oxen anymore, right? 
<laughs> well, actually, that would apply today to, you know, um, like if you run somebody dogs. over with a, a tractor. No, if you've got, if you have a dog, and now, you know, our pets are our animals. So if you have a dog that attacks people and you know it, and you don't keep them restrained, mm. you're responsible. Amen. Exodus 21, 22 to 23 says, If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished according as the woman's husband will lay upon him. He shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give, him, give life for life. That little example about the dog is not in the book, by the way. <laughs> These scriptures take us into the area of personal responsibility for the welfare of other people where we see we are our brother's keeper. Clearly, God wants us to be alert to the implications of our actions on those around us. When we are not, we can expect an unpleasant consequence. If we have been warned, something under our care, custody, and control is potentially harmful, and we do nothing to protect other people, we can expect a curse. In the spiritual sense, if we are in a position of leadership or authority and allow things to get out of order so that others are hurt, we can look for a curse. In the same manner, if we've allowed pride and contention to bring about a premature birth, there will be a curse as a consequence. If the baby dies, the curse is death. If the baby lives, the curse is something less than death. In the spiritual sense, when we squelch the dream or vision of another believer through our pride and contentions or prevent the thing that God has put into the person to come to fruition as he intended to, there is the result of a curse. This tells us we should always be alert to what's going on around us so as to not cause harm even indirectly. There's a verse in the New Testament that says if what we're doing causes our brother to stumble, it's a sin. If what we're doing or not doing causes a brother to turn against the faith and withdraw from following God, we're in trouble. 1 Corinthians 8, 9 through 12. But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see you which has knowledge sit at me in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through your knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died. But when you sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. It becomes increasingly apparent that our lives are not our own. We can't live our lives as if they are not intertwined with other people. We are a body of believers. Think of a jigsaw puzzle. The picture is Christ, and we are the pieces. Some of us are corners, some of us are straight edges, and some of us are just beyond description. 
But we all have something to add to another, and we all have a void that's to be filled by another. If we decide not to be a part of the picture, it leaves a hole. The picture is incomplete. If we try to fit into another's place, it's obviously forced. It throws the whole thing out of kilter. The pattern is broken. The body of Christ is incomplete without every one of us fitly joined together. The next category of open doors to curses is connected to the way we treat certain people groups. For example, there are curses that will fall on people who curse or mistreat the Jewish people. Found that in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Genesis 27:29. Let people serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone that curses you, and blessed be he that blesses you. And finally, Numbers 24 and 9, he couched, he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion, who shall stir him up? Blessed is he that blesses you, and cursed is he that curses you. There are curses reserved for those who take advantage of the blind, strangers, widows, and the fatherless. Curses for those who offend children. And curses for those who don't give to the poor. Deuteronomy 27, verse, I think it's 17 and through 19. Could be 18 and 19. I haven't looked it up yet. Sorry, folks. Cursed be he that makes the blind to wander out of the way. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed be he that perverts the judgment of the stranger, fatherless, and widow. And all the people shall say, Amen. You shall not afflict any widow. This is Exodus 22, verse 22 to 24. You shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. If you afflict them in any wise, and they cry at all to me, I will surely hear their cry, and my wrath shall wax hot, and I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall be widows, and your children fatherless. Matthew 18, verse 4 through 7. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a milestone, millstone, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea Woe unto the world because of offenses 
for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. And in Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-seven, He that gives to the poor shall not lack, but he that hides his eyes shall have many a curse. In all these verses, you'll find a natural application and a spiritual application. It's and and both, not one or the other. For example, if a person is spiritually blind and we don't lead them into truth but take them some other way instead, we're cursed. Other biblical causes for curses to attach themselves to us include those who are willing deceivers, thieves, and those who swear falsely by the Lord's name, those who cheat people out of their property or move a landmark. Let's look at those scriptures. Being a willing deceiver opens the door. And Joshua, and this is Joshua 9, 22 to 23. And Joshua called for them and he spoke to them saying, why have you beguiled us saying, we are very far from you when you dwell among us? Now, therefore, you are cursed and there shall none of you be freed from being bondmen and hewers of wood and drawers of water for the house of my God. Malachi 1.14, be cursed, but cursed be the deceiver which has in his flock a male and vows and sacrifices unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. Genesis 27.12, my father peradventure will feel will feel me and I shall seem to him as a deceiver and I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. There is a curse on thieves and those who swear falsely by the Lord's name. That's in Zechariah 5, 3 through 4. Then said he to me, this is the curse that goes forth over the face of the whole earth for everyone that steals shall be cut off as on this side according to it, and everyone that swears shall be cut off as on that side according to it. I will bring it forth, says the Lord of hosts, and it shall enter into the house of the thief and into the house of him that swears falsely by my name, and it shall remain in the midst of his house and shall consume it with the timber thereof and the stones thereof. Cheating people out of their property opens the door. Deuteronomy 27 and 17. Cursed be he that removes his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Removing a landmark, spiritually speaking, would be changing or bending the laws of God. If we prevent someone from fully entering into what God has for them, we're cheating them out of their rightful property. Kidnapping or slavery opens the door. Exodus twenty one sixteen, And he that steals a man and sells him, or if he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. Deuteronomy 24, 7. If a man be found stealing any of his brethren of the children of Israel, and makes merchandise of him or sells him, then that thief shall die, and you shall put away evil from among you.
If you suspect any of your ancestors were slave traders or slave owners, maybe that will explain why you seem to be under a curse. You are. Let me ask an interesting question. What about the draft in sports? Isn't that kind of thing merchandising in men? Could there be an associational sin in that for those who observe such things? Just a question. Then there are those who make graven images or are in idolatry and who participate in occultic practices. Occultism bleeds over into witchcraft since Satanism is considered the cult. It is not the purpose of this book to go into great detail or explanation of occultism other than to give you scripture references that show these practices carry curses. There are plenty of books and resources in the marketplace to help you if you want to find out specifics. Idolatry, making graven images and sacrificing to false gods, opens the door. Jeremiah 44, verse 8, in that you provoke me to wrath with the works of your hands, burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt, whither you be gone to dwell, that you might cut yourselves off, that you might be a curse and a reproach among all nations of the earth. Exodus 20. Verses 4 and 5, you shall not make unto you any graven image or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down yourself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children into the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Deuteronomy 5, 8 through 9. You shall not make you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. You shall not bow down yourself unto them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. And finally, Exodus 22 and 20. He that sacrifices unto any God, save unto the Lord only, he shall be utterly destroyed. There is a curse on false prophets. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. But the prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Following horoscopes can open the door. Deuteronomy 17, 2 through 5. 
there be found among you with any of your gates, which the Lord your God gives you, man or woman, that has wrought wickedness in the sight of the Lord your God in transgressing his covenant, and has gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun or moon or any of the hosts of heaven, which I have not commanded. And it be told you that you have heard of it and inquired diligently, and behold, it be true, and the certain thing that such abomination is wrought in Israel. Then you shall bring forth that man or that woman which committed that wicked thing unto your gate, even the man or that woman, and shall stone them with stones till they die. Participating in seances and fortune-telling opens the door. Leviticus 20, verse 6. And the soul that turns after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Communicating with the dead, necromancy, can open the door. Leviticus 20, verse 27. A man also or woman that has a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. There is one more area of biblical curses to reveal in this chapter, and that is going our own way and denying God's way of thinking and acting. Rebellion will be covered more fully in the area of Satan's legal right through witchcraft because the word says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. However, there is a bleed over and very fine line between disobedience and rebellion. And this aspect of biblical curses can fall under any one of the four areas of Satan's legal right to afflict us. We aren't going to be dogmatic by setting up a formula of demonic hierarchy or which principality rules which areas of sin and evil spirit. There is much written about those things. The caution is that that kind of study only serves to move the focus to the dark side, which is not the focus of this book. The important thing to know and remember is that anything that opens the door to a curse has already been defeated by the blood of Jesus, and we only need to recognize, repent, give the curse to Jesus, break agreement with the Spirit, and keep moving ahead with God. There are many curses named in the Bible for people who go their own way. The Word teaches us that God's ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. The word shows us that we are not to lean to our own understanding and that the ways of a man are right in his own eyes, but the path leads to death. We all need to understand that God's commandments are for our freedom, not our bondage. They are to protect us, not prevent us. The devil wants to convince us of the opposite. He always wanted to be God, and he still does. Many times, a demon may have convinced you that it is protecting you from something when, in fact, it is preventing you. Disobedience 
to the Lord's commandments opens us to a curse and gives the devil a legal right to our lives. Deuteronomy 11, 26-28 Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which, you, which command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. Daniel 9, 10-11 says, Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants the prophets. Yes, all Israel have transgressed your law, even by departing, that they might not obey your voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And finally, in Jeremiah 11, 1 through 3, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear you the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And say you to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Cursed be the man that obeys not the words of this covenant. When we say to ourselves, Who knows better than me what's best for me? We're dangerously close to going our own way and following that path that leads to death and not life, curses and not blessings. You can read the curses named in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verses 15 through 68. These verses are not included here, but we encourage you to dust off your Bibles and see what they are. It's a good idea to be aware that if any of those things is evident in our lives, there is a curse working and it needs to be broken off our lives. We need to repent, which means change direction. Stop whatever we were doing, turn away from it, and turn back to God. When we choose things that God would not choose for himself or for us, things in which he does not delight, there is a curse involved in that decision. Isaiah 65, 11 through 15 says, that you are they that forsake the Lord, that forget my holy mountain, that prepare a table for that troop, and that furnish the drink offering unto that number. Therefore will I number you to the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not hear, but did evil before my eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, my servant shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servant shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servant shall rejoice, but you shall be ashamed. Behold, my servant shall sing for joy of heart, but you shall cry for sorrow of heart, and shall howl for vexation of spirit. And you shall leave your name for a curse unto my chosen, for the Lord God shall slay you and call his servants by another name. Haggai 1, 5 through 6 says, Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You sow much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earns wages, earns wages, 
to put it into a bag with holes. Here, the prophet is saying, do you want to know why there's a curse of poverty on you? You've gone your own way. You've done your own thing. You've built your house, but you haven't built mine. Remember, God is a generational God. Maybe you've been perfectly obedient all your life and always thought of the Lord before you thought of yourself and always done exactly what he wanted, whether or not it was what you wanted. If that's you, I need to learn from you because I'm not there yet. My wants still get in the way sometimes. But let's just say that is you and you've achieved that level of obedience. What about your ancestors? Is it time to stand in the gap for them, to forgive them, to take responsibility for what they did, to take the curse that may be working in your life, a curse you observed in their lives, and give it to Jesus? I'd say yes. Earlier we saw that there's a curse on those who curse the people who are in authority over them. The same is true of people who go their own way and rebel against ministry and those who have spiritual authority. Deuteronomy 17.12 says, And the man will do presumptuously and will not hearken unto the priest that stands to minister there before the Lord your God or to judge. Even that man shall die, and you shall put away evil from Israel. Finally, we can go our own way by choosing to remain carnally minded or seeking the world's ways, looking to the systems of the world instead of to the Lord for our help. These things will also bring curses about in our lives. Isaiah 31, 1 through 3. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots, because they are many, and in horsemen, because they are very strong that they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise and will bring evil and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of the evildoers and against the help of them that work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses flesh and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, both he that helps shall fall, and he that is helped shall fall down, and they all shall fail together. And finally, Romans 8 and 6, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. Father, we recognize you as the supreme ruler of the universe, Lord of heaven and earth, creator of all things. God, we know you are ready to pardon and ready to restore our lives, our bodies and our families back into covenantal relationships. We humble ourselves before you, Father, and ask that the curses that resulted from these things we've named be broken off our lives and our families. Thank you, Lord God, for being our covenant-keeping God, our Redeemer, our Messiah, our risen Lord, our Deliverer. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I am going to ask that if you want to participate in this deliverance prayer, that you pray this prayer out loud with me. This prayer will be in the book um, so that people can gain the same freedom that you're going to get in advance. (laughs) 
Ah, hallelujah. Father God. Father God. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I declare. I declare. I don't want to go my own way any longer. I don't want to go my own way. Lord, I want to go your way. Not mine, and not the devil's. I want to do your will, Father. I want to do your will, Father. As Jesus did. Not my will be done, but yours. I confess my sins before you, Lord. And I confess the sins of my fathers. I ask your forgiveness, Father, for all those times I went my own way. I ask that you show me, Heavenly Father, every evil work, sin, perversity, fault or iniquity that has come down to me and kept me from complete liberty in the Lord Jesus Christ. Kept me from complete liberty in the Lord Jesus I want to appropriate forgiveness for myself. Appropriate forgiveness for myself. And my family. And remit those sins through forgiveness. I ask that the curses be broken, Lord. I ask that the curses be broken. I recognize you as God alone. And I stand in the gap for my ancestors who rejected your ways and followed their own ways, being led into paths opposed to your word. As an act of my will, I choose to forgive my mother and father, forgive my mother and father, grandparents, parents by the spirit by adoption, spirit by adoption, godparents, and all other ancestors, for any time they engaged in murder, direct or indirect, for any time, Lord, they entertained accidental or premeditated murder, or assassination, either actual physical murder, murder in the mind, murder with the tongue, and murder in the heart. I forgive them and I release them now from responsibility for any curse that has attached itself to me. I forgive them, Father, for any time they cursed you or others made in your image. I forgive them for not taking responsibility for not looking out for the welfare of others and for not protecting other people. 
I forgive my ancestors, Lord. I forgive my ancestors. For any time they caused other people to stumble in their faith. And for weakening the faith of others through their actions. I forgive my ancestors for mistreating or cursing the Jewish people, Lord. And for denying Jewish heritage in my family. I forgive them for cursing the Jews. For taking advantage of the blind, strangers, widows, and orphans, and for any time they offended or harmed a child. Lord, I know I have been guilty of the same attitudes and actions, and I ask your forgiveness. I come to you as a little child, Father. Simply seeking your loving kindness, your forgiveness, and your everlasting love. Father, I repent on behalf of my ancestors and myself for ignoring the poor, for turning my eyes away from them, and for withholding good. When it was in my hand to give it, I repent for participating with deception, thievery, and cheating others, both in the natural world and in the spirit. And I repent on behalf of my ancestors. Lord, I am sorry. For any time I used your name as a hiding place for evil actions, for falsely swearing by your name, and for bending your laws for my own personal gain. And I stand in the gap for my ancestors. Who participated in these sins. Who participated in these sins. I repent on behalf of my ancestors. I repent on behalf of my ancestors. For kidnapping and slavery, Lord. Kidnapping and slavery, Lord. For idolatry. False prophecy. False prophecy. And all occultic practices. I ask your forgiveness and I ask that the curses be broken. I ask you to forgive me for my own participation. Ask you to forgive me for my own participation. In any sin I have named. Any sin I have named. And for entertaining the thoughts of the enemy. And for entertaining the thoughts of the enemy. I take responsibility for generational curses. I take responsibility for generational curses. I take those curses and give them to Jesus Christ. I take those curses and 
give them to Jesus Christ. Who is my curse bearer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Who is come in the flesh. I speak to every unclean, ungodly spirit. To every unclean, ungodly spirit that has attached itself to me, itself to me. or followed my family line through the open door of disobedience to God's commandments. Spirits of disobedience. Murder and cursing. I have broken agreement with you. You no longer have the right to stay. No longer have the right to stay. I cast you out from every cell in my body now. Cast you out from every cell in my body now. And I send you to the pit to be burned. Send you to the pit to be burned. By the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. And the power of the Holy Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. I cast out. I cast out. Every spirit and spirit guide. Every spirit, spirit guide. Associated with these sins. Associated with these. And every, and also every spirit and spirit guide. So every spirit and spirit guide. Associated with other sins named tonight. Associated with other sins named. I cast out spirits that came in. I cast out spirits that came in. From not looking out for others. From causing people to stumble, from mistreating the Jewish people, and from taking advantage of the blind, strangers, widows, and orphans, go from me in the name of Jesus. I cast out every spirit or spirit guide. From harming or offending children, from ignoring the poor, from deception, stealing, cheating, or falsely swearing by the name of God, loose me completely. I cast out every spirit or spirit guide from kidnapping. Spirit or, spirit from or slavery, from idolatry, false prophecy, horoscopes, seances, necromancy, fortune telling, and all other occultic practices. I pluck up and dig out every demon and demonic root. Lodged in my emotions or my thinking. That would reopen the door to a curse. And I send those demons back to hell. I dig up and cast down. Every demon and demonic root of generational iniquities. Demon and demonic root of generational that would cause physical problems in my body. And I send all these things into the pit with the sword of the Spirit of God. 
I sever the generational cords of iniquity that have held curses in place in my life. And I burn them with the consuming fire of God that they cannot be reattached. Father, I ask that you fill me now with your perfect love that casts out all fear in every place that a spirit has left me. I ask that you fill that place with every fruit of your Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, faith, gentleness, goodness, meekness, and self-control. Thank you, Lord for granting me authority in the Spirit, for giving me power over all the power of the enemy. I ask that you tear down the gates of iron and brass that have held the lies of the devil in my life. And Father God, remove the gatekeepers I ask that you replace them with godly porters from the third heaven that will turn aside every unclean thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking these curses, for judging the evil spirits that held them in place, for judging the evil spirits that held them in place, and for bringing justice to me. Justice to me. Amen. Ooh, hallelujah! Everybody, take a breath. If you have a comment or a question, you can push the star six keys on your telephone keypad, and that will unmute your phone. Hallelujah. I did not mention earlier that you could have had some manifestations during this prayer. Yawning, sneezing, crying, coughing. Uh, whatever. Stomach rolling over. Band around your forehead. Tightness in your chest. Any of that. Manifestations of this nature are not to be feared. They are simply spirits trying to distract you or to put you in some kind of fear so that they can hang on a little while longer. Do not fear evil and do not fear manifestation. And if you did not have manifestation, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you it wasn't real. They didn't make noise coming in. They don't have to make noise going out. 
Hallelujah. Comments or questions? Star six. Or if you just want to tell me you're here, that would be nice too. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Crickets, crickets. Praise God. Maybe. Hallelujah. Well, for those of you who joined us tonight, you will be very tired. You may sleep for a while. That's okay. You might feel like you had surgery. That's okay. It's all good. You may have some, um, these things may continue to leave you for the next few days in various ways. And that's okay, too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, for your delivering word, your delivering power, freedom in you. Thank you, Lord, that you put the light on the things that the light needs to be put on, that we need to deal with and get out of our lives. And any spirits or spirit guides that are hanging on, that we need them gone, Lord. And we thank you that you're doing that through these teachings. Thank you that you're sealing this word in our hearts and that we will have a victory every day in every way. So, Lord, thank you for teaching us to walk in victory. Thank you for showing us your goodness, your ways. We honor you tonight, Lord. We give you the glory. We say, seal this word in our hearts, Lord, that it does not depart and that we walk in freedom from this day forward. And I'll bless you with the words of Aaron, the the priest. Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face unto you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance unto you and give you his shalom, his peace. And I add in Yeshem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, who is our Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace. God bless you in every way this weekend as you grow in the Lord and go serve your King in a new and powerful way in this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you going to uh, sing to us tonight? No? I did it. I know, but you you don't want to sing. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you all. Have a great weekend. We will be here Monday morning, 715, for the King's Table. And Monday night, we are going to start delving into the fourth area of Satan's legal right to bring 
or hold curses in our lives, and that area is witchcraft and incantation. So join us next week. God bless you all. Good night.